Hello and welcome back to the Counterpoints Podcast. We're welcome to have you here, boys and girls. This is episode 60, motherfucking one, and we continue to be a podcast where we argue about the same stupid shit. I am swearing a lot right off the bat that we like to argue about in breweries and bars. Leave your kids at home. This is a filthy sailor mouth podcast. I'm joined by my equally filthy hosts, Casey, Jack, and Kevin. Boys. Today's a momentous day for a couple of reasons, I suppose. But first, you know, before we talk about it, how about a beer? Um, I'll check in mine right away. I went to uh, Casey's favorite liquor store, uh, Total Wine. You may have heard of them. And I did like a pick six and picked out some beers for this podcast. Nothing super interesting, but especially this one, frankly. I picked out a Karsten premium lager from Switchback Brewing in Burlington, Vermont. It was lagered for six weeks for the ultimate clean, crisp taste. AK, it's going to taste like nothing, but you know what? I haven't had a lager in a while, and it sounded like a good option. So, cheers. Ah, Switchback Brewing, sponsored by Every Time I Go Skiing. In Connecticut, I pretty much get a Switchback Ale afterwards. Kevin, what are you drinking? I heard you got a Tavor Crate. I did get a Tavor Crate. One of the few IPAs that I will get from Tavor, because honestly, Tavor, you don't um, deliver fast enough, and I'm a little concerned about some of the dates on your IPAs. Nonetheless, this one's hmm. actually pretty fresh. From Greeley, Colorado comes Weldworks. It's a unicorn thing, double IPA. It's got a really cute can, uh, <laughs> and that's why I got it. The beer is okay, uh, but it's got a nice can. So. That, is, that is cute. Good for it. Yeah. <laughs> beer, beer is all right. Gre- uh, um, Weldworks in general makes pretty good IPAs. This is not among their best, but it's still worth a try. I'm not sure I've ever had an IPA from them. I'm used to all they have like very heavily fruited sours is everything I've had from Weldworks, but they're good. Speaking of Colorado, Casey, what are you drinking? Um, well, I don't know why we're speaking of Colorado. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> I wish I did. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm drinking uh, a light hazy IPA called Emra Light from Greenwood Brewing located here in Phoenix, Arizona. 3.6% alcohol by volume. This is like a 3.6 beer, even as a hazy IPA. It's kind of weird, but I figured I'd, I'd try it. And it's really light. That's about all I can say. It's not doesn't have much taste to it. It, it has a little bit of an IPA taste, but it's just it. It's just light. It's, it's kind of bland. So, uh, But still pretty good. Like It's a good tasting beer. I, but I know. It not- sounds great. It's that, just that, not heavy. I want that. I want that. That skunk or the mm. the, the the dirt taste. That's what I love <laughs> about the hazy IPA. Mm. But I don't get that. So, uh, but nonetheless, it's it's good. That's uh, in the realm of like a table beer, you know, something that's really, yeah. really light that you can just yeah. kind of just drink a shitload of, and it doesn't have a big flavor, but it's just something that's not water. I mean, absolutely. It's necessarily you, a, a dig, but you know, it is what it no, it is. No, it w- this is what I would drink, to be honest. If like I was out by the pool and, uh, you know, it's 115 degrees out and I didn't want a Coors Light or a Bud Light, I didn't want to taste piss because it's better than piss. You know, it's better than vomit in your mouth or the taste of vomit after throwing up like D9 produces, but it's still super light. And you could drink a lot of them and be very hydrated. So, yeah, 
this there is a niche uh, market for this, I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your 3.6% beer, Casey. You're going to have to have 20 of those to get drunk. Jack, what's going on? You have a beer? You have a beer. I got, a, I got one of those <laughs> skunky dirt beers that Casey was talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. About. <laughs> Tell me about it, Daddy. Uh, this is a big, this is a pretty big one. This is a uh, Trillium's liquid metal. Um, it's a uh, double IPA. So it's a uh, 8.4. So this will, this will do the trick, uh, but uh, real good. Oof. I think it's global rating on untapped is a 4.3. It's delicious. Mm. Trillium does make good stuff. Although I, I was editing our last podcast and I apparently started going on about how much, how expensive their beers are, which is accurate, but you know what? Someone had to fund that ridiculous, super complex that they made in Canton. It is pretty cool though. <laughs> would like to try that restaurant at some point anyways uh um, it's good it's the, good. oh yeah she ate there oh yeah no oh, i didn't have any food we were there kind of late at night so we just sat and had a beer or a couple beers all right boys well we're gonna move barrel on ahead in this podcast we thought we would do a short beer news section um one of the news topics really is not related to beer at all but one of them is um let's start off with the lighter topic boston beer company um you know a Actually, Jack, I'm trying to remember. Is this made by Boston Beer Company? This It is. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay. I just want to make sure because we were trying to have a tangential kind of relation here between the two stories. So anyways, I feel like this was done specifically for this podcast, but apparently Pepsi and Boston Beer Company are getting together to release a hard Mountain Dew, but specifically they are adding a Baja Blast flavored Mountain Dew to the hard Mountain Dew lineup. I think there already was a hard Mountain Dew, but now they're putting in Baja Blast, which, by the way, has an excellent can. Um, it's like a sweet looking shark that maybe I'll get tattooed to myself. Boys, what do you think about uh, a Baja Blast Mountain Dew seltzer? I'm in. I'm all Absolutely in. Absolutely in. I think the seltzer game, what, it, it just blew up two years ago, and I. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I drank so many that I many that I got burnt out last year. Like they were hard to drink. They're the lemonade ones were so good two years ago. Last year, they were just tasted like straight acid. It was just, <laughs> mm. ugh, just just tough to tough to drink. So anything new in this world is good. And, and a flavor like that, <sighs> sipping on one of those next to the beach or a pool and a hot summer day, that just sounds perfect. I'm here for See, it. I Hate it. Alcohol has no association with Taco Bell whatsoever. That's Why they ever no felt they needed to have alcohol and Taco Bell? Maybe it's beyond me. No, I'm, comple- so. I'm completely kidding. All right, this is the perfect thing to talk about to have. All right, it's 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 cause and effect in the same store under the same brand name. This is vertical integration, guys, and I love it. That's the smell of capitalism, baby. Apparently, it was the fourth flavor they announced: an original black cherry and watermelon. And this is going to be like in some variety pack. I do. I'm not going to lie; the cans look sweet. I do want to get my hands on one of these. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure we're going to do a podcast where we're going to each get a 12 pack of you know, three of each of those, <laughs> and we're going to drink them all. Oh, yeah, see drink them goes. all in one <laughs> yeah. sitting. Yeah. Oh, it, you know, I'm back. Let's do a case race. Here's an interesting <laughs> fun fact: the CEO of Boston Beer Company, Dave Berwick, used to be Pepsi's chief marketer back when Baja Blast was created in 2004. It comes full circle. There you go. It's was it really created in 2004? 2004? A fine God, year. Feels like it's been around a hell of a lot year. longer than that. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember Taco Bell prior to Baja Blast existing, frankly. The two are pretty much synonymous in my head. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> eat Taco Bell until like 2013, so. <laughs> yeah, me neither. 
Let's just say I've made up for lost time. <laughs> Does that mean you're you can call yourself all? born again, Jack? Have you are you born again? Uh, yes, I, I have. Uh, I have found Jesus. Found the light. Found the bell. Found the bell. I'll held the bell. Praise be. Yeah, I was I was hitting Taco Bell real hard in in high school, and that would have I guess if it came out two thousand four, that was only a couple years after Baja Blast was invented. Wow, it's like I was around for sliced bread. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It feels like it's been around a hell of a lot longer. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the answer is, Casey, is we're getting old. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, kill me. But anyway, uh, Baja like Blast coming to store soon. years ago. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember, the, remember when that happened? It's almost two decades ago. 2004. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a freshman it, in high school. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Christ almighty. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's move on for this topic. Before this podcast yeah. gets dark. Anyway, yeah, this next topic is going to be great. This next topic is going to cheer everyone up. Here we go. <laughs> In fact, this is a, uh, for our listeners at home, this is a sports-related topic. So I'm going to throw it over to Jack to announce what just happened today. Yeah, we're, we're going to, we're, <laughs> We don't have a drinking problem, but maybe we do. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. It's Tuesday, February 1st here. Tuesday. It was the day that Tom Brady officially retired from the NFL. And anyone who has social media or stuff like that saw his posts on on Twitter and Instagram and might have noticed something that I seem to have noticed immediately (laughs) after reading it. Absolutely. He thanked a lot of people. He thanked his family, thanked his coaches, his friends, his teammates. He thanked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their organization and and their fans. Um, He left out a a group of people that (laughs) without those people, his legacy doesn't exist. And I've heard explanations from someone on this podcast and some other people <laughs> who um, participate in uh, posting on, on Patriot forums that he's already thanked the New England fans and the players and the coaches when he left New England two years ago. But I, I'm sorry, this is different. You're, you're retiring from the NFL like your career is over. He kind of put a note out after the fact when Robert Kraft wrote a message to him, but oh, yeah, I saw that he really, you know, didn't do much in the way of thanking the the Patriots and, and the fans like he did the Bucks fans where he was literally, he was there for two hours. Like, come on. <laughs> like you were in new England for 20 years. How did, like, how did you put it? How did hell? you put, how did you put it earlier in the chat? Maybe laugh. He was He's there for a cup, a cup of coffee. coffee. A cup of coffee. That was good. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, and, and even like, even if he does have hold grudges, and I'm sure he does. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled with the way things ended. And, I know there's all this stuff with his personal trainer and, and Belichick not getting along and whatnot, but like you wouldn't just like post like to thank the Patriots and their fans as well, just to avoid what is happening right now across the media landscape. Oh yeah, people are blowing up. Just oh, they are pissed. They are absolutely pissed. Like just to avoid that. And Tom's classy dude. Like he always is posting and saying nice things like why wouldn't you have just like said something like you were there for 20 years i don't know it's just it was weird i think matt said he's a weird guy he is a weird guy it was <laughs> just a weird, a weird situation dude. and i'm like sad that he's retired but also happy because i hate watching him on another team i'm just glad that's over and we can Absolutely. just be done with that 
it, I, so I've been the biggest supporter of Tom, even when he went to the Bucks. Like, I get why you left, right? We couldn't pay you. There were some rumblings, exactly like what Jack said, between Alex Guerrero and um, Bill Belichick. I get all that. It's business. Makes sense. Go down there. But this seems like a legit middle finger, like, fuck you. To I'm sure his intention wasn't to pass nation or anything. But his, his thank you note to Patriot Nation when he left the Pats, Fit on one fucking page. This thank you notice and retirement speech was like eight scrolls on Instagram thanking the Bucks organization that they took a chance on him. Took a chance. Dude, you were a six-time Super Bowl champion, four-time uh, Super Bowl MVP. That wasn't much of a fucking chance. You had proven yourself to be one of the greatest players of all time at that point. That's not taking a chance on somebody. And don't tell me it's because of his age. The dude has been defying the age for umpteen years. So don't tell me that. It, was, it wasn't taking a chance. They saw the writing on the wall that they had all these guys that were going to be free agents in two years. You wanted to sign a two-year contract. They could pay you. And you were their missing piece. That's not taking a chance. Taking a chance is selecting you at 199th pick in the 2000 NFL draft when you weren't even a starter at Michigan, you were a co-starter. You guys like changed out every game. Like that's taking a chance on somebody when everyone thought he was a nobody and we shouldn't have drafted him. That's taking a chance. So the least you could do is thank that organization for making you who you are. And that's where this great debate of, is it Bill Belichick? or Was it Tom Brady? It was both. You don't have one without the other. I don't, uh, that's it. But you have to be able to realize that, recognize it, and appreciate it. So the only way I see this being rectified to Pat, to Patriot Nation, and to myself, your fucking ass better sign a one-day contract and retire a Patriot. Enough of this stupid shit of retiring as a buck. It's, I think it's stupid. I, I think it's a... And you, you claim you have such a good relationship with uh, Robert Kraft. Like, this is a big fuck you to him. Oh, we were an afterthought to thank Patriot Nation after he wrote this thing. Man, fuck you. So yeah. he, he was dead to me after the second he left the Patriots. So that was an easy one. Uh, I'm surprised this. you care about this that much, Matt. I don't, like, I don't, I don't care, but he's yeah. a traitor. But, but, but for, for the listeners here, right? So we have, you know, we have our side chat. We plan our episodes. Matt was the one who brought this up and was the most vocal on our group chat. Oh, Matt, I was, as you know, it's all, right. all about the sports. Let me quickly, was, let me quick, the bear. let me quickly elaborate <laughs> how I was alerted to this. I was alerted to it through a, a red subreddit that is as talks about drama and other subreddits. And there's a lot of drama in the Patriots subreddit because people are extremely upset about this, which I find very entertaining. So I said, naturally, I'm going to send this right to KZ and Jack. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, good. You're you're good. Let the hate flow through you. Yeah, exactly. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying. If anyone's looking for a sodium deposit, go check out r slash Patriots right now. He does have a a show that's on ESPN Plus called Man in the Arena, and he basically puts out like an episode every week or a week or two. Right. And so the last one that they did is basically his last run as a Patriot, and the next episode is going to talk about him leaving. And going to the Bucks, and I am fascinated because they yeah. do kind of go into detail about behind the scenes stuff that you don't know about. 
they ask him like legit tough questions and we should get a lot more insight on how that happened, like how it went down. Is there really bad blood between you know certain people in the organization and him? I'm very intrigued to know about that because there have been some episodes that have already gone by where they have really ripped the Patriots hard, like real hard. I need to catch up. I'm only on like episode two of that. Oh, the one with Gronk is like, you're going to be like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is ridiculous. They Gronk killed the Patriots. Well, Tom, we'll miss you. Look forward to seeing you in a Niners jersey next year. <laughs> you wish. Oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's lots of uh, fun scuttlebutt about, oh, is he going to go to the Niners? Is he going to go to the Broncos? Is he going to go sign with a team that's loaded and he can win with right away? I think he's done. I was just curious to know what y'all think. I agree. I know. I, yeah, think he's done. I think he's done. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in some sort of capacity in a couple of years. Um, I think it'll be, I think he, he's such a student of the game. I think he could be a pretty decent coach. I don't know about a head coach because um, of this whole Alex Guerrero shit. I don't know if a lot of the players would buy into that, but um, I definitely think he knows the game better than any quarterback that's ever played. I mean, he's a student of the game. He still spends hours on hours on hours watching film. So I could see him in a coaching capacity of some sort, or maybe like a consultancy capacity. See, I don't know, because that's a lot of time, right? Like, I, I get that he probably wants to leave to go spend time with his family. Could you could you see him doing like a commentator, Tony Romo-esque kind of job? Nah, someday. I think he would probably do something closer to what Peyton Manning does where he sits at home and, and watches the Monday night football game with his oh, brother and has more control of his own content. Too. Yeah. That's pretty, that's good. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I think he's going to do a lot of his TB 12 stuff. Like, I think that's going to be a lot of what happens. I think he's going to try to grow that brand a lot. I think we're going to well, see I mean, those stores everywhere. They're steroids. They should be able to grow just fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, true yeah. greens, you know, mm, avocado ice cream, all concussion, that concussion water. Yeah, concussion water. I, I gained 40 pounds of muscle just drinking wheatgrass shots. Oh my God. Go. Don't eat those nightshades and you'll be big and strong. <laughs> yeah, go in the woods, get strong. Go in the woods, get strong. Shout yeah. out Davidson County, North Carolina. But I also don't think that any of this is going to happen anytime soon. Like, I, I think he's legit going to take a couple of years off and, 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 and do what Jack said, just focus on those things. And I think when he comes back to the sport, it could be in a similar capacity. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, like they've got all these like weird positions now that they're hiring these guys as they, like, they make up titles, obviously. But I could, I could see him in that. I just don't know if he wants to do the media side because of the fact that I don't think he's a big fan of the media. Like he started his own media production company because he, he wanted to tell his story. And it wasn't always like the media was on his side time after time after time. So I don't know if he's got this like disdain for the media and a, a bad taste in his mouth. I know he would fucking tell ESPN to fucking kick rocks. I'm sure because he's been suspended more times only because of ESPN, not because of actual evidence. I mean, hey, in retirement, no one's going to ask him to check his phone except for Giselle. <laughs> That's right. But that marriage crashes and burns. That just brings kidding. up a good point, you. right? No, well, hang on. But that brings up a good point, right? If you dedicate your life, and I know we've gone on far longer than we should have on this, but if we can, you really, we can cut some of this, that's fine. If, if you spend all your life 
dedicated to football year round and then you're suddenly quit. Do you think that's too much for Giselle? What does what does what does post football Tom Brady look like? The man's a robot. Is he gonna go crazy? But that's that's my point. Is like I feel like he almost has to wean himself off. It's been a drug for 22 years. Maybe okay, maybe not drugs, not the right term, but you know, it's 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 like it's like us after counterpoints. Yeah, it's like me with pizza rolls. Exactly. You know, when someone offered Matt a hundred pizza rolls, even then he was like, "Whoa, that's a lot." I don't I know if I need that. I don't, he accepted. I only ate like forty, by the way. So you only. got sixty left. I contained myself. Well, yeah, but how many of those double stuff Oreos are left? Zero. Zero. Right, that wasn't close. <laughs> so that, that wasn't even close to making it to the weekend. No chance. R.I.P. Those Oreos <laughs> didn't, didn't make it through. Didn't make it through Saturday. Oh, oh so a day and a half, Christ. less than twenty-four hours. Ooh, yeah, about a day and a half. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh my you just, god. You just dunked him. No, there's no time. He has a bare body. Yeah, I do. I don't. Who? First of all, the grocery don't even have milk because everyone in New England's a fucking freak with the bread and milk thing. <laughs> gotta get the bread and milk. So I couldn't get milk. So, but I, I, I always eat Oreos dry. I gotta be honest. I never dunk Oreos. It adds nothing. It adds nothing. Oh, absolutely! It's just I know people it's, that dunk them in water. It's oh, it's why do you well, want a, why do you weird. want a wet cookie? I don't understand that. Uh, I like a dry cookie. Uh, that's what he said. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> 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 All right, dear God, oh, Jesus, let's shit. go. Anyways, um, to our <laughs> listeners, in case you're still listening, this is a, a podcast that is not exclusively about Tom Brady, but it's mostly about Tom Brady. So, anyways, uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, do a quick social media plug. Go check us out at Counterpoint, C-O-U-N-T-E-R-P-I-N-T-S. Uh, that's our Instagram and untapped handle. Also go to counterpints.redbubble.com to buy sick merch that your friends will definitely be jealous of if you wear to the local Scholastic Book Fair. Um, the 774-224-0708 number is still up. Uh, drop us a voicemail and we'll play it on the air as long as it's not something offensive. I say that every time. Um, anyways, we're going to move on to the main topic of this podcast. By the time your lovely ears are hearing this podcast, it will be, uh, the season of love. We're talking mid February. We're talking Valentine's day. So we thought we'd have to share the love by talking about some romantic comedy films, uh, rom-coms for the less educated. And we're going to do an eight man rom-com bracket to determine what our favorite helps. We'll be a little more specific. Our favorite Modern era romantic comedy film is, as always, we tried to come up with an eight-person bracket that was somewhat competitive. We eliminated, um, this was a hot topic of debate, but we eliminated classic films, which we kind of defined as being maybe 90s and earlier. So you're missing some of the, uh, like the Wedding Singer and Princess Bride and things of that era. So these are pretty much all in the 2000s. So... Boys, let me uh, read off our first round, which is all eight of them. We're going to start off with Love Actually against, in case you remind me, it's called The Holiday. Thank you. That's because you can tell I haven't seen that movie. So we start off with Love Actually against The Holiday. Moving on to Forgetting Sarah Marshall against 500 Days of Summer. Our third matchup is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days against Hitch. And finally, Crazy Stupid Love goes against Knocked up those are our contestants let's start with the first matchup love actually against the holiday our one seed against our eight seed casey it's up to you so these are both um these are these are solid picks and 
they're uh, a little, they kind of take their, their rom-coms, but they also take place during the holidays. Obviously one is called the holiday love actually, but a cool thing is um, the, they both are primarily, okay. Maybe not primarily, but have a set in England. So it's a uniqueness between them. Um, for me though, there is one that I think is a staple, no matter what time of year it is, um, could be Valentine's day, could be Christmas. And I mean, you look at this, this absolute lineup, which is filled with some studs, Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Bill Neely, or Neely, um, Colin Firth, Rory McGregor. I mean, you could go on and on and on with this, uh, cast and it's love. Actually. I just think love actually it is the one seed for a reason. Holiday is legit um, without question, but I just think going up against Love Actually is this juggernaut. It, it, it's, it's incredible. So for my vote, Love Actually. Okay, we've got a strong vote for Love Actually, giving it one on the board. Let's go to Kevin. Yeah, Love Actually is like uh, Game of Thrones, an ensemble cast, and instead of finding death, everyone finds love. It's just a juggernaut of a movie. Move it on. Okay, um, I'll go third on this one. Uh, between the two, my little bit of the problem is I've never seen The Holiday and don't know what the fuck it's about. I was starting to read a Wikipedia entry and then gave up halfway through. So really, I'm left with Love Actually, which I've actually seen. It is absolutely a powerhouse rom-com film uh, and also kind of a powerhouse holiday film, I'd probably argue. Uh, you know, I'm going to give it a couple points for having Billy Bob Thornton be the president of the United States, which always sticks with me about that movie. Hugh Grant, I don't know what the hell happened to that guy, but otherwise it is a, as Casey put it, a star-studded powerhouse cast. It's got fucking everyone. Alan Rickman, rest in peace. Move it on. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, just make it make it a clean sweep. It's a, like Kevin said, ensemble cast, good plot, holiday theme. Can't beat that. Move on. It's even got Mr. Bean in it. All right. That'll be a four. Oh, sweet. For love, actually, over the holiday. Moving us on to the second matchup for getting... Sarah Marshall against 500 Days of Summer. I feel like these movies are tonally a little bit different. Let's start with Kevin. So here's a problem. I haven't seen 500 Days of Summer, but <gasps> I love anything with Zoe Deschanel in it, so I'm really torn. Can I actually vote for a movie <laughs> I've never seen because I love Zoe Deschanel? Who's stopping? The answer, the answer is yes, and I'm going to. So 500 Days of Summer without having <laughs> seen it. If it gets past this round, I'm completely fucked. I'm going to have to watch it like right now. Yeah, she is, uh, I'm going to put it this way, not bad looking. Okay, let's do one vote for 500 Days of Summer. Next, let's go to Jack. Yeah, I think this is our toughest matchup here in the first round. This is a this is a coin flip. Both these movies are good. I've seen them both many times. We're getting Sharon Marshall's got some, some great laughs. 500 Days of Summer, just the way they kind of tell the movies, kind of unique and different, where they, you know, break it down by days. I think... If I were going to go with one, I'd got to go with 500 Days of Summer. Okay. 500 Days of Summer, two on the board. Casey, third vote. Ah, this is kind of surprising. I mean, I, I like 500 Days of Summer. I think, uh, you know, Zoe De Chanel is great. Uh, JGL is also fantastic in it. It is a unique uh, way of telling the story. But I mean, forgetting Sarah Marshall, this cast by itself, trumps the entire first 10 minutes uh, or if it was just JGL and Zoe Deschanel for an hour, it trumps it. I mean, you've got Kristen Bell, Jason Siegel, Mila Kunis, Bill Hader, Russell Brand, Paul Rudd, who is the sexiest man in the world as of uh, a couple months ago. 
I mean, come on. I love the Paul sh- Rudd. Paul Rudd's the, the sh- fucking best. <clears throat> he is fuck, and he's fucking funny as the stoner uh, surf shack guy. Kunu. Kunu. Yeah. Yes, Kunu. I mean, just the one-liners from this movie alone, they they win it without question. So that's easy. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, I also forgot that uh, uh, Jonah Hill is in it as uh, <laughs> the creepy, like, hotel guy who wants Russell Brand to listen to his uh, music demo. Oh, God. Take me back. Anyway, <laughs> Take me forgetting back. Sarah Marshall. Let's go. All right. So that comes down to me. I'm actually going to back up Casey in this one. I thought this was an easy one for me. Yeah. I do. I do like 500 days of summer. It's, I don't know. It's forgetting Sarah Marshall. I find is a lot funnier. Uh, it's got that like mid two thousands, uh, Judd Apatow energy there. Um, you know, to the movie, it's just, you got all these, it's another one star sudden cast. If we're going to go like hot for hot here, if we have Zooey dish de Chanel representing 500 days of summer, give me Mila Kunis any day of the week over Zooey de Chanel. Um, but yeah, it's a very iconic movie. Jason, you know, Siegel there. It's funny. It's one of my favorite rom-coms. Actually, I really like forgetting Sarah Marshall. I find 500 days of summer is a little more kind of sad when I think about that movie, which is not always what I'm looking for. So, although hopeful at the end. So I'm going to go with, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, bringing us to an immediate wow. tie. All right. Hold on one is this second. The, is this the quickest we've ever gotten to the wheel on one of these things? It's got to be had one on it's the first matchup. I, I, it's up there, though. You're right. Okay, boys, it's time for the wheel. Let's see how many wheels we can get in this. Maybe this will be a contentious bracket. All right, and we're spinning it. Ooh, and I have won the first wheel. Ooh. And I will be giving my vote to forgetting Sarah Marshall. Sorry, 500 Days of Summer. Forgetting Sarah nope. Marshall. We'll take it. Kevin, go ahead. I don't hate that, honestly. Um, I, I voted for 500 Days of Summer and Zoe Deschanel because I didn't think it would actually carry through. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really away vote. We, uh, we don't have to. We don't have to pause. <laughs> we don't have to pause this podcast for two hours. I'll watch that movie right now. Kevin. <laughs> the second, the second Casey reminded me Paul Rudd was in that movie. That's was like plus five points. Movie. I fucking love Paul Rudd. Absolutely. Forgetting Sarah Marshall so is such good. a great movie. So many one-liners. The Apatow movies. And they, oh, most of the Apatow movies so can be There's a charm to them. They're great. They're great. Yeah. There there's might be a, more than one coming up here. You should go, our listeners, you should go look up the uh, Hot Ones interview of Paul Rudd, that YouTube oh, like, interview oh, show. He's really, yes. he's so good on it. Oh, I, 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 like, so good. I was like, God, I wish Paul Rudd was like my friend. He's he's like the most encouraging man on earth. He's so funny. <laughs> like, I hope you're successful in everything you do, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Anyways, um, that is a 3-2 tiebreaker win for forgetting Sarah Marshall moving into the second round. We go on to how to lose a guy in 10 days against Hitch. Let's start this one off with Casey. Sorry, I've just uh, read a couple of the lines from the movie. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta stop. Oh, God. The, we the, start the nostalgia. About it. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, how to lose a guy in 10 days or hitch. So this is a tough one for me. Really tough one. Um, Matthew McConaughey is, I mean, all right, all right, all right, is phenomenal. Uh, don't get that twisted. Uh, Kay Hudson, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> incredible movie, by the way. Also incredible movie. But there's just something about Will Smith and Hitch. It is one of the one uh, movies that I thought Kevin James was phenomenal in. I, I still can't get over him. This is where you stay, right here, when he's teaching him how to dance. 
Oh God, what a classic scene that is. And I have a, uh, I'm a big Will Smith fan as an actor. I think he's underrated from his range that he can do. I also used to be able to quote so many parts of this movie pitch, but you just can't go against how to lose a guy in 10 days. You just can't. It is a juggernaut, I think. Three seed, but is a really, really good uh, three seed, a really, really tough three seed. So for that, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Let's go. All right. How to lose a guy in 10 days on the board. One point. Let's go to Jack. Yep. Sorry. I missed the end of the last vote there. Uh, Bo puked right beneath my feet. So I was pulling that <laughs> up. Oh. Shout out to Bo. He's got an upset stomach. And, he he uh, must have heard the result. Not he just, he's, he's a big 500 days of summer fan. So he's really, <laughs> oh, really Bo, no. Real upset. He um, loves Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. You know. Oh, well. Let's see here. Um, I think for this one, I'm going to go true to myself because How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is a juggernaut. But, man, which one would I rather watch? I'd rather watch Hitch. We were talking about Kevin James before the show started. That's true. This is one of his, like, maybe one of his better movie roles, actually. But uh, Will Smith's great in this. A good movie. Got a lot of laughs. Kind of cheesy, but whatever. That's what you expect. Give me Hitch. All right, vote for Hitch. I mean, let's be real. Most of these movies are at least fairly cheesy. Um, I'll go third on this one. Uh, another kind of a tough one for me. And a lot of these are proving to be kind of tough. Um, I think the phrase I heard earlier was a flip of a coin. And I got that here a little bit. And I'm going to use Jack's approach. If I sat down, which movie would I rather watch on an average given day? I would probably give it to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. There's something about that early 2000s rom-com Matthew McConaughey energy that I still kind of resonate with. It's like, I don't know. It's like a, say relic of a bygone era in a way it's, it's, they're both good. There's very funny parts to both. I really like Hitch and I like 10 guys, but 10 days, but you know what? Matthew McConaughey, Matt support, Matt's Kevin, you got the last vote. So you guys made a lot of good points. Uh, for me, this comes down to a list stars who are good, but also annoying. And, for me, it's Will Smith versus Kate Hudson. I honestly don't understand the appeal of Kate Hudson. I find her annoying. I also think Will Smith is very tryhard. I agree with Casey's point. He's, he's an underrated actor, but he tries so hard. And so both of these stars are like, okay, I, I want to watch them, but I don't at the same time. So then I look at the balance of cast and the rest of the movie. And if you can get Kevin James away from Adam Sandler, he actually makes decent movies. If he makes an Adam Sandler movie, oh, good lord! It's wait, like Rob Schneider, he's just wait, he's just what, done. What was Paul Blart? Was that an Adam Sandler movie? I don't know what that was. Did he make that movie? I don't think so. I don't know. It kind of feels like it. It was. Not Are you great. saying that's a bad movie? Um, uh, is that a romantic comedy? Is it? <laughs> should that should have been on this list? The man in a segue. <laughs> Sweet man on machine love. As Spotify tells us, we cannot shame love and on this podcast. We have to actually be open to all forms of it or we can't release our episodes. Anyway, Hitch gets my vote. It's a better movie. It's one I'd rather sit down and watch. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is okay, but I still can't stand Catherine Hudson. So, or Kate Hudson, sorry. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, always good, but this isn't your best movie. Sorry, buddy. Ooh, uh, hey, Kevin, uh, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retract something I just said. Paul Blart Mall Cop was produced by Happy Madison Pictures, which is Adam Sandler's company. So that's fair and, to call it an Adam Sandler movie. And Adam Sandler is in the movie. Yep. That is, you know what? I didn't know that. But then again, I've never sat I down and actually watched Paul Blart because I have better things to do with my time. 
I so, have, so, and I don't remember him in there, but according to the cast it, on IMDb, he's in there. So, so to, to, our, to our conversation earlier, Kevin James, maybe consider what roles you take or don't take. It's better for you. Got him. Did you guys know that was shot largely in the Burlington Mall in Burlington, Massachusetts, Paul Blart Mall Cop? Anyway, this was your Paul Blart Mall Cop Trivia Hour. Um, we're going to move on to the wheel because we've got a 2-2 tie between How to Lose a Guy and Hitch. Let's roll the wheel a second time. God damn, this is contentious. Here we go. Ooh, and it falls to Casey this time. Casey, where do you put your vote? Because remember, you do, I think we've said you could place the vote freely. Oh, really? I believe so, correct? Correct. I'm, I'm seeing nods. Uh, I'm obviously going to still stick with, stick with my vote, how to lose a guy in 10 days, but that's kind of interesting. What if I had just changed it willy-nilly? I think you could. I think, you could. I think you could. I think we That'd could be awesome. Talk. Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, there's probably some power upsets that'll happen from there. That's why I put that rule yeah. in. Okay. So how to lose 10 guy, look, how to lose a guy in 10 days. I can't speak has one, three, two over hitch in a tiebreaker, which moves us on to the fourth matchup. Crazy, stupid love against knocked up. Uh, these are two of my favorites and I will go first as a result because I haven't gone first yet. So crazy, stupid love and knocked up are both very solid. I think around the edges, I kind of debate in my, this was another debate we had before this podcast. What constitutes a rom-com Part of me almost doesn't consider knocked up really a rom-com, but there certainly are elements of it. So we, as you can see, let it fly. Um, I like both. I'm going to be honest, the group here, this is also a, a Judd Apatow flick, although he directed this one. I think he did not actually direct um, forgetting Sarah Marshall, if I recall, but I don't really like Seth Rogen that much. That's a problem I have with knocked up. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I just find him like extremely one note and kind of annoying. He just plays the like Kevin was talking about celebrities to kind of annoy him. Seth Rogen annoys me. Although sometimes I might be kind of equating current day Seth Rogen, like 2000, what seven Seth Rogen. Cause he's really annoying now, but he's always bitching on Twitter. And so I, I do like the movie. It's funny. You know, the whole concept of the drunken one night stand and Catherine Heigl getting pregnant and a lot of the wacky situations to get into. There are there are a lot of funny moments to it, but I just think um, Crazy Stupid Love was a much better movie. I, I like the cast better with, uh, you know, you got Steve Carell and uh, Marissa Tomei hit me up. Uh, you got oh another one. Emma Stone also hit me up and Ryan Gosling also hit me up. We're just going to keep that list going. So it's a good cast. I like the kind of the structure and the flow of the movie and how it turns out that eventually the guy that Gosling's going for is Steve Carell's daughter. Correct. I think it was his, his daughter. And that was like an interesting kind of twist watching the movie. I like it. I like the kind of relationships that form. It's actually one of my strongest on this list, in my opinion. So definitely crazy, stupid love gets my vote. Let's go to Kevin for the second vote. So did anybody else watch that movie? And think, hey, are Emma Stone and Julianne more related? Because they are vaguely look the same and they're both redheads. Because I kind of did. Yeah, um, I'll give you that. So, so we have our Apatow movie in here. Great. Um, we needed a Steve Carell movie in here. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> looking ahead, I don't know how we didn't put a uh, 40 year old virgin on this list, but it is what it is. Uh, so I'm glad Steve Carell's in here. And let's give him a vote for this because this all star cast just kills it. As Matt already said, for many, many reasons. A lot of, and, lot of all-star uh, casts here. A lot of all-star oh, casts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These ensemble casts are great. Marissa Tomei. Ooh, yeah. Hit us <laughs> up. Ooh, baby. Has Aunt May in the new Spider-Man movies. Although Paul Rudd wasn't knocked up. 
And I'll say this. I probably I like 40 year old version better knocked up if I had to choose between them. So crazy, stupid love is two votes. So let's go to Casey for the third. I mean, all great, great points have been made. Um, I also like the fact that uh, Judd Apatow in Knocked Up has his wife and his two daughters uh, in the cast. Oh, he's married to, <laughs> Yeah, he's married to Leslie Mann, uh, who is Paul Rudd's wife. And then his two daughters are uh, Leslie, the character that Leslie Mann plays, um, daughters. So it's, I think that's awesome. I love that family tie. However, what kills it for me on this, and I, I, I'm with Matt. I think Paul Rudd is awesome. Um, I do like Seth Rogen, but the person who kills it for me in this movie is Catherine Heigl. Ooh. I'm not a big fan of Catherine Heigl. Um, I just don't think she's believable. Like, I don't know, but that's just me. Now, as a person, as, a, as an actress in this movie, I just, I just don't see this. I don't see her. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I know. I get it. But you go to Crazy Stupid Love, and this cast is is star-studded. I, you know, the one that I'm glad Kevin pointed out that Matt didn't is Julianne Moore. You forgot Julianne Moore in that cast. But to have Steve Carell in this list is a is a must. And for that reason, I say, give me Crazy Stupid Love. I really enjoyed this movie. I also... Hopefully someday we'll have enough money so that I can dress as well as Ryan Gosling dresses in this movie. That is my, that is my, my dream in life. <laughs> you know, you know, Casey hating uh, Catherine Heigl is not really that much of an outlier opinion. I think most of the internet would agree with you. on that. Oh yeah. I, I feel Don't like I wanted, that. I feel like I wanted to touch on that. Cause the thing I was worried about Catherine Heigl is that she was like kind of a notorious bitch and got blacklisted, blacklisted from a lot of Hollywood. I yeah. Think, I've, I've not heard that, that far. Too. I think not that long after knocked up. Like I, she's, I think she still has a career, but I don't know. Apparently she's tough to work with is what I've read. So fuck you, Catherine Heigl. Okay. So it sounds like Casey, another vote for crazy, stupid love, giving it a three Oh, current uh advantage jack you get a fourth pick all of these first round matchups have been really really tough this one is 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 not like that at all um this is an easy easy pick for a crazy stupid love uh knocked up is very whatever i think matt made a good point i think 40 year old virgin is a way better movie and you know with the similar cast with seth rogan and all those guys but crazy stupid love great movie uh great cast move them on yeah, in retrospect, boys, we probably should have put 40-year-old virgin in this movie instead. <laughs> I think it might be my favorite Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> God, well, 2029. So we've already started this podcast, so the train never keeps, never stops. So anyways, uh, 4-0 sweep for Crazy Stupid Love over Knocked Up, sending Crazy Stupid Love to the next round. Okay, before we get to round two, we've got a full cast beer check-in. It may be Tuesday, but we're pounding them down. I want to go first because um, the, the name and the description of this beer cracked me up. My God, I think Jack has had this beer. It is from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've, I think we've had it on the pod before, but they had a double IPA called Florida Man. I saw that in the store and laughed and was like, okay, I think i have to try a beer called florida man um the description is also a delight on untapped it says the world needs heroes in our home state of florida only a very special hero will do a hero with a shark tooth around his neck 
a Grim Reaper tattoo on his arm and a rap sheet longer than his mama's mustache. A hero who's forgotten more about amateur taxidermy and alligator wrestling than you'll ever know. It keeps going on about the actual beer, but I like that part. Um, <laughs> Florida basically leaning into just being a laughing stock of the entire country. God bless you, Florida. At least you're aware of it. And we'll see how this beer goes. My hopes are hmm, middling. All right. Uh, Casey, what are you drinking? Crack. I wish I was drinking crack. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, blast coming soon. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I'm drinking Pebblehead Stony Hazy IPA out of Santam Brewing here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Pretty good. I like the tangerine. Uh, it's very tangerine forward. Got some cool like palm trees and uh, a mask on it, which is kind of cool. I'm excited to try Santan. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's a middle of the road brewery, um, but I was talking with uh, someone yesterday and they said it's a, it's a great little brewery. So I don't, I don't have high expectations on the beer, but maybe the brewery is, is a good time. So um, I found out that I have it here in my uh, fridge. So I figured I'd bust it out on the pod. Very tangerine forward. I like it. It's a nice, um, easy drinker as well. As long as you like tangerine. If you don't like tangerine, it probably isn't for you. Tangerine forward. Jack, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'll give a little love to uh, a biggie here in Winston-Salem that uh, distributes quite a bit across the state of North Carolina. Foothills Brewing. Mm. They are uh, pretty tied down to their their flagships. They don't really venture out too much. But this year, they've uh, decided to take some chances and uh, have gotten a little adventurous uh they have a an ipa that everyone around here knows called hopium uh they've have started a series here this year the first one they're coming out with is an imperial ipa called happium uh which is supposed to be very fruity a little bit floral uh pretty darn good uh, that's what i'm drinking right now and then uh in a few weeks i believe they're I believe they're coming out with the hazium which will be the hazy version of it mm. so Excited to try that, uh, but Happyum is what I got here tonight. Not bad. It's really not bad. They hit it hard in 2020 with Festival Express, and they did a good job with this one. Um, so they're they're doing good things. They're trying. I'll give them a chance. I'll give them a break. <laughs> it's always good to try. Speaking of not trying, Kevin, you're on the board. Hey, I remember what my last call is going to be. All right, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> you got it. All right, good. I did. I wrote it down on the post-it note here, so I wouldn't forget again. <laughs> so I'm drinking a brew. Um, Got to use brew lightly here because this is from a local craft brewery by the name of Modern Times, but this is technically a seltzer. It's a uh, smoothie style seltzer. It's a passion fruit, orange, and guava. So it's a pog seltzer. Super, uh, super smoothie style, super thick. Um, it tastes quite good. But you know what? I'm going to ro- recommend against it because for <clears throat> some reason, this is the first time I've ever seen this. This brewery put the nutrition facts on this beer. Oh, no. Beer used lightly, yeah. but they put the nutrition facts Jesus on it. I've Christ. never California. seen this on a particular can of beer. Never, even anywhere else in California. And you know what? Modern times, don't do this. Don't you do this. Think I will cancel my society it? if you did this. I don't know. I don't care. Don't put it on a fucking <laughs> can of beer. Many other breweries do this. Why did you choose to do this? It's a fucking uh, smoothie seltzer. There's shit tons of sugar in there. I know that. I don't need to be reminded. All right. Yeah, that, that, is, that is kind of weird, huh? You know, speaking of a smoothie style seltzer, there's one, I think it's based out of maybe Michigan or Illinois. Have you heard of Smooge, Kevin? S-M-O-O-J? I have three cans of Smooge in my refrigerator Ooh, smooge right now. I've good. a colada and a pog one, too. That's, that's what that sounds like. It reminds me. That sounds like Smooge. Yeah. Is it Smooge yeah. adjacent? 
But see, they're they're decent Midwesterners. They respect modesty and they don't put the fucking nutrition facts on the can. Yeah, well, everyone in the Midwest is fat as fuck, so they don't even pay attention to that shit anymore. So makes sense. Um, okay, well, that does actually sound pretty good. I would totally try that. Anyways, let's continue on with this goddamn rom-com bracket. We started off with Love Actually against Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, Kevin wants to forget the nutritional facts of his beer, so let's have him start. I'm just reminding myself right now about why Love Actually sucks as a movie. Ooh. It's pretty good, actually. There's some interesting uh, some interesting stuff on the internet about like car- character by character, why each of these characters is actually a horrible piece of shit. Um, I mean, Liam Neeson trying to be... Um, you know, mourning his wife's death, but also trying to get a little something, something at the same time. Um, let's see who else. Martin Freeman in one of his most deplorable movies of all time for some reason, I guess. I don't know. I'm just reciting shit on the internet here. Andrew Lincoln. Okay, we knew he couldn't act and this kind of proved it, but this was before Walking Dead. Um, you know what? I love the ensemble cast, but Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a juggernaut of a movie because of the one-liners. Like There are a dozen people in Love Actually. They all have little bit parts and it's a good movie overall forgetting sarah marshall has a smaller cast but they hit a lot harder and is therefore much more memorable they get my vote go forgetting sarah marshall okay one for forgetting sarah marshall let's move on to jack for the second vote yeah i think 500 days of summer to losing out to forgetting sarah marshall really wasn't a big deal i think i caught kevin kind of saying that i i would have voted for either one both if i could so I believe I voted for Love Actually in the first round. I am with Kevin on this one. I much would I would much rather watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think that's a funny movie. The one-liners are great. The song is great that he sings. It's such a catchy tune. Um, I'm going with that as my uh, vote. So uh, give wait, them, which, uh, which, which song? The in, the Inside of You song. All of them. All of them are good. <laughs> but yeah, the Inside of You is hilarious. I, I would probably say Inside of You. I. I watched it not that long ago, and I think I was humming that song for at least two weeks in my head. It's either that or like the Dracula musical stuff. Like that was great. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Dracula musical stuff was hilarious, and and you know Mila Kunis isn't too bad to look at either. Mm, it's too bad she has that awful voice. What a bummer. What? How dare you? She I, is, I love her voice. I, I love Mila Kunis. That, like, Not three, just because she's good to look at. Yeah. That, that, that like weird like three packs a day kind of voice she has going on. Surprised that doesn't do it for you being a New Englander. <laughs> <laughs> Only if she'll hit me. Anyway, um, that is a vote for forgetting Sarah Marshall. Let's move on to Casey for the third vote. I think if she met you, she'd probably hit you. Okay, I'm going to do it. Mila Kunis hit me up. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean you've got Number one versus number, was it four, technically? I'm sorry. I, I think this is tougher uh, than one versus two, potentially. But for me, it's pretty easy. Both have really good cast. Don't get it twisted. Both have really good ta- uh, uh, cast. But from a pure, like Kevin and, and, and uh, Jack have said, if, which one do I want to watch more? It's e- I as good as Love Actually is as a rom-com, I put it more of a Christmas movie. I could watch Sarah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall every every hour of the day. It's so good. The one-liners, I actually totally forgot about the uh, the songs in the movie from um, Russell Brand and uh, then Jason Segel's uh, Dracula uh, opera, uh, which is fucking funny. Uh, that shit's funny, dude. Uh, that's literally, I think, one of the lines that Mila Kunis says. It's easily forgetting Sarah Marshall. 
I love that movie when it first came out. I still love that movie. I could watch it every day. It's that good. So forgetting Sarah Marshall, let's go. Also, weirdly, weird point to make, but one of the first movies that actually had like full frontal male nudity on a mainstream movie, which was shocking at the time. You know, I got a little surprise for you. I think it was the first one ever. I think that's one of the things that it set it apart. I was reading about the movie that there was that picture of Myla Kudis. That's just a picture of her naked in the movie at some point, And they, they said it was fake. God damn it. I, I believe that. But we, we can't move on until we correct something here, Matt. It's not Mila. Christopher Nolan. It's Mila Kunis. Mila, not Myla. It's Mi- Mila. Mila, Mila Nolan. Mila. <laughs> Mila Nolan. There you go. Okay, well, that's uh, another vote for forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, bringing it down to my useless vote. But you know what, boys? I'm in complete agreement with pretty much everything said. As always, a big movie question I always ask myself, as we've been saying multiple times, is what would I rather sit down and watch? Love Actually is a very solid, I think of it as more of a holiday romantic movie. Is not There's comedy elements, but forgetting Sarah Marshall is fucking hilarious and it's just, it just works at all times. It's kind of like 40 year old version, I guess maybe unified with the fact that they're both Judd Apatow kind of produced or directed films, but it just has like a funny light energy. That's could be really in any situation. It's a good time. It's an easy movie to watch. They both have very good casts, but there's certain ones like Paul Rudd and um, Jonah Hill are also, uh, they're very funny in that movie. So great film. Love it. I'm going to keep saying film to annoy Jack. It's a four Oh sweep for forgetting Sarah Marshall. Let's move it on, boys. Let's move it the fuck on and go to our second matchup. Crazy Stupid Love against How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, the two versus the three seed. <clears throat> Casey, why don't you lead us off on this one? Easy. Um, I, I like both movies without question, but again, there's just something about Crazy Stupid Love that I think sets it apart. Uh, whether that's Steve Carell or the star-studded cast, Julia Moore, uh, Emma Stone, um, Ryan Gosling. Again, I want to dress like Ryan Gosling so bad. Um, it, it, it takes it. Even Matthew McConaughey can't save uh, Crazy Stupid Love from beating it. So Crazy Stupid Love, let's go. I, and I think Matt's right. I think this is the most recent one of all of them. So it's a solid. It's a solid movie. It's got great, great cast, great storyline. The, the love story is phenomenal from all aspects the intertwining uh, of uh, this guy who's supposed to help him get over his wife to him actually falling in love with his daughter. And then uh, Steve Carell's character falling back in love with his wife. I mean, come on, can't beat it. It is true. I think it's the most recent one of 2011. We picked a lot of stuff from the early to mid 2000s. So let's put one on the board for crazy, stupid love. I'll go second on this one and echo that sentiment. I think this is actually an easy one for me. Crazy, stupid love, in my opinion, is definitely a better movie between the two. Um, How to Lose Ten Guy, a Guy in Ten Days is a very solid kind of iconic rom-com. Again, it's got that primo early 2000s Matthew McConaughey energy, which I really do appreciate. Kate Hudson, quite attractive into it, but Crazy Stupid Love, um, better cast, better story, better plot. The emotional moments hit harder. I think it's a better movie in pretty much every way that I can think of. So two points for Crazy Stupid Love. Let's go to Kevin. So Crazy Stupid Love is a good example of how an ensemble cast can work well together. If I were to put it up against uh, Love Actually, I'd choose Crazy Stupid Love for the cast alone. Um, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is one of those classic rom-coms where it's about the couple and everyone else is just kind of there to fill a role and help the story along. Um, to Matt, your point about you know, the intertwining stories, I think it makes Crazy Stupid Love such a much more nuanced movie 
it actually sets up a bit of tension beyond the whole will they, won't they? It's if will they, won't they? What will happen on the side plot consequences? It's such a better written movie. It's such a better cast. Crazy Stupid Love gets my vote. All right. Crazy Stupid Love with three votes. Jack, number four. Yeah, I'm going to go with Crazy Stupid Love as well. But let's, <laughs> let's give a shout out to old Maddie McConaughey here. This, Matt said it. This is, you know, 2000, early 2000s, Matthew McConaughey. How about how he developed into an actor and just a shout out for him for True Detective season one. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm like, he's going to talk about True Detective. I know it. I uh, knew I had to say it. It's one of the <laughs> of all the TV shows I've ever watched. When you're just focusing on one season, it's one of the best t- seasons of a show I've ever seen in my life. And he was so freaking good in that show. So yeah. shout out for that. But in this bracket, no, crazy stupid love moves on. It is, yeah, it is. Matthew a, McConaughey it, it is a powerful season of television. I agree, hundred percent. Oh, it absolutely that. is. Matthew, Matthew McConaughey can have chemistry with anything and anyone. Right, he's just mag magnificent he had chemistry with space in interstellar he was that good space there's nothing there and he had chemistry with it <laughs> i so. want to see matthew mcconaughey fuck space <laughs> i do like his movies like when he's like yeah. in it like you do go see it like absolutely. he's a good actor absolutely I, he's I, phenomenal i also think he's a great car salesman oh god I, you're right i would buy a lincoln i want a lincoln <laughs> i've wanted a lincoln ever fun. since i saw that commercial yeah. Some of these recent Lincoln commercials have taken him out of it. He's still the narrator, but he's not in it. And I'm bummed oh, out. What's the point? I'm, like, the and point? I'm, I'm watching their stock go down. Glass of scotch. <laughs> Absolutely. God damn. He's just, uh, we won't get into too big of a spiel on Matthew Magani, although we kind of already are, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> go down the All right, we'll get your beers, boys. He just seems like a guy that would just be cool to just go have a beer with. Like, Absolutely. He seems like a genuine dude. Absolutely. Just hang out with you. That's why we need to do a beer trip to Austin, Texas, because he still lives there. Yeah, he's like an assistant coach for their basketball team now. (laughs) That's true. We definitely won't go stalk Matthew McConaughey just for No, uh, definitely not. But also his voice, it's so soothing. Like, I I think he's got a deal, like an actual um, sponsorship deal, or actually, like, they have recorded his voice on the Calm app, where, like, you can literally fall asleep listening to Matthew McConaughey. I was trying to look up. I was like, you know, I love Matthew McConaughey. Does he have any scandals? And then I was reading some story about how he was arrested in 1999 in Austin for um, being naked near a window and playing uh, bongos, apparently, after going to a Texas Longhorns <laughs> game. That is the most. Never heard that this that, does that make you dislike him or like him even more? God Wait, damn. Dude. That man is a true. He's true to his spirit. You've never heard this story? No, I've never. I've never done that. I've never heard oh this Oh, my God. I think. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's on one of the talk shows. This he is the, this literally is the, talks about This it. is the most Matthew McConaughey paragraph ever read. It was at 2.30 a.m. on Monday that the then 29-year-old actor began to wind down after partying for two days straight. After yeah, no, it was like game. a 48-hour binge. <laughs> he was like a... <laughs> and, and he did it with a couple other, like, big-time actors or God maybe damn. artists. Yeah, yeah. No, they fucking got after it after a Longhorns uh, football game. <laughs> and they well, went for two days straight. Yeah, so Saturday night through Monday night or Monday morning, I guess technically, and uh, yeah, dude was oh yeah. You why, to, why, why is this guy the governor of Texas? What's going on over there? Yeah, is he low? He, he, he would win. He lowered the lights, got undressed, opened the window to allow the jasmine scent of his garden to waft in, smoke a bowl of marijuana, and listen to the melodic beats of Henry DeCongue, a Cameroonian singer. And his obviously his dick was out. So, you know, that's why he's not the governor of Texas. <laughs> right that's awesome. way too liberal. For Didn't they have a the guy named Rick, Rick Santorum, though? Uh, yeah. 
Boy, that's, that's, name, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. But yeah, no, he talks about it on a on a talk show. I can't remember which one. Is that is that what the British guy? Where they're always drinking. It feels like that's the kind of show he would tell that story on. Actually, Graham yeah, Norton. Graham Norton. Graham Norton. I think it is yeah. Graham Norton. Actually. <laughs> and he's Irish, so careful when you say British. What's the difference? They're not British. <laughs> it depends. It depends on part of Ireland, Northern Ireland or Southern Ireland. No, he's he's from he's from the Republic of Ireland. They're all limeys uh, to go. me. He's <laughs> not from Northern Ireland. Yeah. So he's not British. Careful what you say. Yeah. Let me know. Like if Ireland was like Ireland was like a real country, I would care, but I don't. <laughs> oh, here we go. We almost, <laughs> we almost got this one done. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pepper in something offensive or what's the point of doing this? Anyways, um, crazy, stupid love. will take a four Oh sweep over how to lose a guy in 10 days. Sorry, Matt McConaughey. I would like to come to your apartment and smoke a bowl with you with my dick out. Anyways, that is the end of the second round. And with that, we move on to our final matchup third round. We've got forgetting Sarah Marshall against crazy, stupid love. This is a hard one, and I need a minute to think about it. Let's start with Kevin. Don't call on me. I got to think about this one. All right, Kevin's got to think about it. Everyone looks pained. There's a lot of questioning faces on this podcast. I mean, see, this is we we seeded these as three and four respectively, and they blew through their semifinal. Yeah, they got a did. Right now, it's actually challenging on the finals because <laughs> these movies mean a lot more to us than some of these other ones like Hitch or Crazy Stupid Love. Or it's not Crazy Stupid Love, but like Hello's Gone Ten Days. Like these are a little bit older. They're a little bit before our generation. But forgetting Sarah Marshall and Crazy Stupid Love, we're like in our we'll call them formative years. I'm using a broad definition there, but they were they were formative for us. So it's tough to kind of get over. You know, one of them is. Very well, they're both very juvenile, but one much more so than the other because the guy thinks about you know being inside of you and he's hopping a piece of uh, a chess piece, you know, on a, on a chess board out in the middle of the beach. So, you know, all right, that's, that's all I'm gonna, pa- I'm gonna, pa- I'll start this, I'll start this train off. I'm gonna power my vote and I'm putting Go down forget us forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think between the two, the one that in my head I like better and I think it's a more iconic film. And is the funnier film, and I'm thinking rom-coms here. And I think comedy is a very important aspect of these movies. And I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall is fucking funny. I think it's a great film in a lot of different ways. It's just a classic that I've seen many times. I love that movie. Crazy Stupid Love is also a great romantic film. It's like well, good-natured, and like you like all the characters, and they mesh together really well, and the ending is satisfying. It's also a great movie, but... I find the big differences. I just think forgetting Sarah Marshall is a funnier movie and I would be on an average day more willing to watch it. So it's going to have like a very narrow win for me. This is a really hard one, actually. <laughs> so I'm going to put it for forgetting Sarah Marshall, giving it one point. I'm going to ask, I'm going to do something rare here, boys. I'm going to ask for volunteers. Who wants to go next? Kevin. Okay. Up. So I was thinking about this too and trying to find, um, trying to do a differential here. Like, why would I pick one over the other? And I'm going to go with, what speaks to me as a as a human being more? What's my what's my love language? Is it a bit more serious, like crazy stupid love, or is it a bit more juvenile, like forgetting Sarah Marshall? And it's definitely more juvenile, like forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like it is that just speaks to me and my uh, my romantic life, which isn't much right now, but definitely if it were, it'd be juvenile. You know, wouldn't be fucking a chess piece on the on the uh, on the beach, but it'd be more like a vampire musical. Not that I'm talented, but it would involve puppets. So you know what? Sarah Marshall gets my vote. <laughs> okay. Kevin's into puppets. Who yeah, Kevin's thought? got some weird fetishes. Well, we've known that from a very, very early episode. Shout out to Padme. All right. Jack or Casey, who's going? I'm giving you a rare opportunity. Volunteer. All right. Jack. I'll, go I'll go. 
easily one of our toughest final matchups here. Either one of these could win, and I would not be upset. I'm just trying to think back to the first time that I watched both of these. And if I'm going to go with one, when I think of Crazy Stupid Love, I was actually just like stunned at the ending. Like it was just like a oh shit. Like it was it was really cool how it came together. I think it really is underrated from the comedy aspect. I think Steve Carell has those little one-liners, those under the breath little statements he makes. Ryan Gosling's funny in it. The son of Steve Carell in that movie is also really funny in it too. Um I'm going to go with Crazy Stupid Love here. I, I think it gets my vote for the the best romantic comedy. I don't know if it's going to bring out the wheel. And if it does, the wheel hates me. So congratulations to forgetting Sarah Marshall for winning this bracket. Yeah, you said that, but you have won some wheels recently. I don't think it's totally accurate. I wish we, we should track the win. That's the haven't. worst record. <laughs> That's true. You've had a bad run today. That's very accurate. All right, Casey, it's down to you. The fourth vote two in favor of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, this is by far the hardest matchup. And I totally agree with Jack. This is one of the hardest, if not the toughest finals we've had. Uh, since the inception of this podcast in brackets, without question. I know some other ones have gotten heated, but this is hard. Both these movies are exceptional. Um, I agree with what Kevin said in terms of the first time I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I was like, uh, I think, a senior in high school or going into college. I can't remember exactly when it came out, uh, but it was around that time. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. And it fit that juvenile brain um, that every, you know, teenage boy has, uh, but then when, and I know this cause Matt said it, 2011 is when crazy stupid love came out and obviously we had grown up a little bit, but it still has some very immature, uh, uh, moments, especially Steve Carell's one liners. Like he's fucking funny when he's drunk at the bar. And, uh, at first, uh, before he meets Ryan Gosling, and he watches Ryan Gosling pick up those chicks. But then even after, once uh, Ryan Gosling kind of pushes him away and goes and falls in love with his daughter, and he's like pissed at him, and then uh, Ryan's character shows up in the bar looking for him, and he's mad, but he's all drunk. I just think it's fucking funny. Um, there's some great lines in there. Both have incredible one-liners, no question. Some great uh, songs and lyrics and forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is easily the toughest one, no question. Great cast, romantic, and comedy, both. But there's just something about Steve Carell that I just think is uh, is exceptional, and he is so good in this movie. And I agree with uh, Jack. The ending was kind of a nice little, oh wait, you know, it brought everything back. The intertwine of comedic and relationship uh, and romance for. The romantic comedy piece of it is great. So for that, I'm going with Crazy Stupid Love. Okay. Well, we come down to a final spin of the wheel to decide this podcast bracket's outcome. Let's do come it. On, wheel. Come on, wheel. Come One on, time wheel. for me. One time. All right. <laughs> All right let's see it, man. Spin it. Two ships passing in the night. One time. One time. One time. Oh, there we oh. go. You know, funny. It's been a different person every time, but it's just everyone but Jack. As long as it's not Jack, apparently. So, uh, (laughs) Kevin, it goes to you. Where will you place your vote? With forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ah, no surprise there. This was a pretty straightforward one for me. I was ready to do a twist uh, for (laughs) after days of summer, but you know what? It made its way through. So, I'm glad it made it through. Great movie. Um, 
it's a tough loss because I kind of now want to watch Crazy Stupid Love. Mm, they're but, both uh, good. Both great movies. Both great movies. I think I think of Crazy Stupid Love as a little more rom. And Sarah Marshall is a little more calm. Depends what you're what you're looking for. Although they're strong in both each. So you have it there, folks. Forgetting Sarah Marshall will take the rom com bracket with a three to two tiebreaker win over Crazy Stupid Love. That was a shockingly contentious bracket, gentlemen. Absolutely. And I'm not, and I'm with Jack. I would not have been upset if Crazy Stupid Love won that one as well. I think we're, we're a podcast my... that's about love. Are you surprised? <laughs> we're romantics. Go, yeah, go, go check out our uh, Shitting on States episode, I forget which number that is, to see how much love we're looking to share with the world. Or we also, also have a uh, at, uh, pre- Kevin's President's draft. Uh, that, 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 <laughs> ooh, that, no, that one was offensive. We also have some sponsored content on Adam and Eve for those romantics among our audience. So, <laughs> so we have uh, a promo code oh. bites arrangements.com. Get promo. those chocolate covered pineapple. Promo code suck. <laughs> promo Jesus code Christ. love. If that doesn't work. Don't contact us. <laughs> if you can, if you can guess how own. many user in love, you win. <laughs> Great. Uh, boys, are there any. Um, Anybody, when we left off this bracket that you want to do a shout out for a rom com, we already brought up 40 year old virgin, which Just I, actually I said it earlier. Yeah, 40 year old virgin. I think I that should have been that. there instead of knocked up in retrospect. My bad. Possibly mean girls. We talked about that one. Here's one that I thought of. I don't know if anyone on here has seen it, but it's got an interesting plot the way they kind of the way they tell the story. It's a Ryan Reynolds one. It's called Definitely Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that yep. one could have made this hmm. list. That's a pretty good one um, where he basically just tells his daughter about how he met her mother. Mother. Yep. Pretty good. Pretty good movie. Audience, right in. Do you think, and this is everyone in the audience, all 20,000 of you, because I know there's millions of people listening to this. Um, right in. Does Is Mean Girls a romantic comedy? This was a debate I was having earlier. I feel Don't like, love. I mean, feel like it's not love. a rom-com. I feel like it's just a com. It's a good a com. com. I love Mean, I love mean Girls. That's a great movie. I don't know if I love it. I like it. Ooh, I like yeah. Legally mean Girls? Blonde. Also, Ooh, I like Legally Blonde. What about Legally uh, Blonde? Legally Blonde. What about Fifty First Dates? Yep, yeah, that was absolutely. that was on our potential list. Uh, Adam Sandler. I think it was pretty much knocked off because. What of about Adam Fever Pitch? There. Oh, Ooh, love Fever Pitch. Is definitely a romantic comedy. It's just if you're not a Red Sox fan, you probably haven't seen that movie. But it's, and I guess what? Love that movie. That's on them. You know what I mean? I fucking problem. You don't like the greatest baseball team ever. <laughs> wow. Fuck right. you. <laughs> I, I fever pitch is one. I legitimately, I could watch that movie. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. It. Jimmy Fallon too. <laughs> right. It was a little, little older, but uh, meet the parents. Oh, oh released in 2000. I would put that as just a comedy. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm. And one of, if we'd ever do a comedy bracket, that movie is a, High seed. That is a hilarious movie. What about um, what about Zach and Miri make a porno? Mm. Oh, it's such a bad movie. Like I, I get it, it had its moment, but it's such a bad movie overall. <laughs> Another Seth Rogen classic. Apparently, Wikipedia, as I looked it up, describes as a sex comedy film. <laughs> sex and romance are they the same thing? I don't know. I mean, depends on who you ask. Depends on what you pay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well played, Kevin. All right, well done, Kevin. Okay, we're going to move on to the conclusion section with that <laughs> note. And as our first part of the conclusion section, we do our brewery of the week where we highlight a brewery where a host maybe had a good experience at or a really good beer from or who the hell knows. It doesn't matter. There's no rules. Kevin is doing the highlight this week. So, listeners, I went to a brewery anniversary party here in San Diego this past Saturday for Pure Project. It was their sixth anniversary party. 
they had a um I'm, I'm a member of their beer society this year so i got tickets for free and i got 10 bucks worth of drinks um and i was a little apprehensive about the experience because i got there an hour early and it was just jam freaking packed and i was wondering how the fuck do they let all these people and this is supposed to be a vip experience and i was a little pissed off and then i had my first beer which uh was a five like that was just, it. It, was just it was a five it was i drank my first beer I knew what this beer was. I've had it before. I never rated it, but I rated it this time, and it was a five. And I was able to get a bottle of it by the name of Double Corulus, a stout, a double imperial stout. Fantastic. Every other beer I had that day with either a super thick stout, pastry or barrel-aged, or a barrel-aged sour. So Jack is just in heaven at the side, at the thought of this experience. I got drunk after like two beers just because they were all 14 percenters the entire day with the exception of the one beer that was like an eight percenter. So nice. it was a rough day, but it was a good day. Pure project. I had fun at your, um, your anniversary party. You might've gave me COVID. We'll see what the next test says, but it was a good time. <laughs> all right. Pure project. Great beers, but not always disease free. That's a, it's a solid shutout. So, uh, or shout out. I still can't speak. So moving on to our best beer of the cast, each host, what was your favorite beer that you had on this delightful Tuesday night or evening, depending on where you, where you live? I'll go first on this one. I had the uh, Karstan Lager from Switchback and the Florida Man double IPA from Cigar City. I would give it to Florida Man uh, between the two. The Karstan, was just, it was a very, like a pretty run-of-the-mill, like a Hellas Lager, very light, easy drinker. But the Florida Man double IPA actually is pretty good. It's got some like bitterness to it. Um, it's fairly, I would say aggressively hop. It's a pretty hoppy double IPA, but I gotta be honest. I'm sitting here during this podcast, just drinking it. It's pretty smooth. <laughs> it went down I, easy. I think cigar city is really fucking good. Yeah. They're the high lie, obviously, but the high low with like the lesser calorie IPA. Really crush, good. Crush. I agree. Yeah. It's not a bad beer. So you know what? Florida man, go look for it. Apparently it's probably pretty easy to find. Also cool can. Jack, what was your best beer? Yeah, I really like Happium from Foothills. I'll, I'll definitely give him a shout out here. But when you're talking about best beer of this cast, Liquid Metal from Trillium, absolute standout. I rated it a 4.4. Delicious, delicious beer. Very smooth. Not too strong for a double IPA. Hit the dankness. Hit that skunk note as well. Very, very citrusy and juicy. They did a really good job with that one. I, I understand why it came so highly rated. Yeah, they do have a reputation for a reason, I would say. Casey, how about you? Yeah, so I'm going with the uh, Santan uh, Pebblehead, the Stony Hazy IPA at a Santan Brewing Company. I do have to say, I actually believe it's out of Chandler, Arizona, not Phoenix, as I previously said, but yeah, Phoenix metro area, rather. Pretty solid. I give it a 3.6 on untapped. Uh, it wasn't much to beat the you know super light uh, hazy IPA from, from Greenwood Brewing. Again, Good, just super light, easy drinker by the pool. So um, it'll it'll get its run just later in the later in the year. Okay, and that leaves our last beer of the cast to Kevin. I would love to give this to the seltzer from Modern Times because it was a very delicious beverage. But and I cannot stress this enough, I don't want to see the nutrition facts on the can of beer that I'm drinking. I just want to drink it. So Modern Times, <laughs> fuck off. Colorado wins over California today because they didn't print the nutrition facts on their brewery. <laughs> Greeley, Colorado's it's a unicorn thing from Weldworks. Congratulations. You win by default. A lot of times 
please learn from this experience. God, the pure, the pure hatred. I feel like we should tag modern times and, you know, see if we get them to cut this practice out. Modern times. I know you're listening. Don't do that anymore. Okay. Uh, we move on to the last call. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, episode 61, each host gets a final statement before we wrap it up. Um, Kevin said he had a good one. So let's get him right on the airwaves. Kevin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to follow up my uh, my best beer of the cast, the spirit of my best beer of the cast, which is trying to teach a lesson here. Um, my shout out goes to a couple people who definitely listen to this pod and definitely aren't enjoying their time online right now. One, Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. All right. <laughs> That's Thank fucking God. funny. Thank oh God, God for Joey Burr. All right. I want to have Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the, the championship game just tattooed on my um, what bicep I what little bicep I have because I am just tired. Like I respect Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he could be one of the best one day. Not Tom Brady good, but he could be very good. But he's undercut by the trash people he has in his life and the presence that they have on social media. Patrick, if you can set Brittany and Jackson aside, disown one, and I wouldn't say divorce, but if you can keep her off social media, please, you're going to do yourself a lot of favors because they are just the worst two people associated with football ever. And you know what? No one's sad that you lost this weekend because of those two people. Fuck you. Go Rams. Yeah, that dude just seems like a massive pile of shit. <laughs> it's like nothing but ever good said about Jackson Mahomes. Neither, neither of them have a lot of uh, have a high rating online right now. Good. I will say I hope I hope they stay with him. He keeps him around and they tear down his career. I think he's overrated. Uh, I think he is only as good as he is because they've got some incredible weapons around him, like wife beaters and um, kid beaters and stuff like that. But we don't have to get as, into a, that. as opposed to the convicted murderers who play tight end. Uh, he wasn't on I the mean, team after on. that. I mean, oh, oh, okay, fine. They, they, That's where you're trying to look. Look, I mean, Casey. I completely agree with you, but you got to understand the hypocrisy of what you're saying right now, right? Not at all. He didn't murder people when he was on the team. And once oh, he, he did, he did murder when he was on the team, I thought. When he was on the team. No, he did. When he was on the team. And as soon as they found out what happened, gone. they cut him. They cut him. They the Chiefs found out Tyreek Hill beat his son. They were just And like, they covered, yeah, they right. helped cover it up. Or they this tried is the same. To cover it up. Didn't didn't this team bring in Antonio Brown? And what happened? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Came but they in, still brought him in. But they still brought him in. He did some stupid shit, and what they do? They cut Tom him. Brady. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady when he started with the Pats. He needed Belichick to help make him better. He did. Definitely. I'm just saying. I, I don't so, disagree with that. So I'm you see, so you can't. So you can't blame having a good support system as some, holding someone back. All right. Again, completely agree with you. He's in my division. I want to see him lose. I want to see Justin Herbert win. It bums me out that Joe Burrows made it to the playoffs because Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow were compared like breath and breath and step and step this entire year. All credit to Joe Burrow and his team. Congratulations. That is what a single person can do for a football team of 11 people. It's amazing. So rooting for the Rams and for a little bit of Stafford redemption. But no, as long I want Stafford as- to get hurt so Walford can start. Go wake. Oh, because he's your Wake Forest guy, right? But I, but I also am with you. I love Matt Stafford, and I want him to win a Super Bowl. But I, God damn it, do I hate the teammates that he has? Holy shit! Absolutely. Jalen Ramsey's a piece of shit. Aaron Donald's an asshole. Like God. Oh God. come on! I, I like Odell oh, Beckham. I can't, I can't stand McVay. He's a me guy. He's all about me. Look at me. Oh, I'm so good. Fuck him. No. But I love Matt Stafford. I, want I also him to win so bad. I also will give a shout out. 
Cooper Cup is a yeah, stud. Cooper Cup. Cooper he's Cup's a, a good yeah. dude, and he's a good triple dude. crowd receiver. There you go, right there, right there, man. Now go back up. That that video of Joe Burrow smoking a Joe cigar Burrow's after winning awesome. the championship. Oh, we're live. So awesome. we're, we're live looking at memes that are roasting Jackson. Jesse Bates, Bates. Bates. That's right, a weight guy. Also, I will say this loss for Mahomes. This one will hurt. That hurts your legacy to lose that game. You should have smoked that team at home. You were up twenty-one to three. That yeah. one's gonna hurt badly. It, it it is because he, and he was garbage in the second half. I think it depends on what happens in the Super Bowl. If, if the Bengals actually do really well for themselves, it doesn't make it look as bad. If, if the Rams just steamroll them, because I think they are a better team top to bottom, which I, mean, I think will happen. Yeah, I would agree. And, yeah, and then he looks even worse. So we got to see what happens. It's just it's a wasted year. He's you know he's Absolutely. getting closer and closer to thirty. It's a wasted year. I just hope his wife. Or I don't even think they're married yet. I think it's his fiance. Yeah, I think there's. Are they still just par- like partners? I don't know. They got a kid. They have Whatever. A kid. They have a kid. Yeah. I just hope it's, they stay his around. His brother's him. the asshole. Like his his wife's annoyed. Or partner's annoyed. His brother is an absolute dickhead. Douche. He's, a, he's dickhead. a douche. Yeah. I hope they stay around and pull him down. That's all I hope. <laughs> Fair. He's one Kansas of the. Jackson Mahomes is one of those guys who gets if he gets beaten up in a bar, you're like you're pulling your phone out because it's gonna be funny to watch. And you watch yeah, no so one's like, no right. one's calling nine one one. I'm 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 gonna stay as a witness, and when the cops show up, even if he I, didn't start the fight, that motherfucker started. No, didn't that motherfucker nothing. started. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. He insulted he threw, their mom. Yeah, yeah, he threw the first punch. The other guy just beat his ass in uh, self defense. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing, officer. He looks like he has defensive wounds, but he was just kind of flinging his face against the other guy's fist. I don't <laughs> it was understand. Wild. He's kind of a moron. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he was I out of control. <laughs> I'm just saying, listeners, if you want to go look up, uh, I would just just Google like Jackson Mahomes roasted on Twitter, and there are some really fantastic Twitter posts about this whole thing. It's a lot of crying people doing TikTok dances. I'm so we might have lost two. We might have lost two listeners today because of that. Um, last uh last psychotic rant on my part but uh might have gained a few more so i think it's a net positive for us guys <laughs> what do you think i say good riddance god damn that's good I, I i didn't i never put that together it's i'm glad they lost just simply because of that guy okay um for the next last call let's go to jack yeah my last call is just gonna be you know it's february you look outside it's still dark no matter when you no matter what part of the day you wake up in the morning it's dark you come out of work it's dark but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there is a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. That light is coming from the wonderful city of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. <laughs> this is the month where you will start to see on your grocery store shelves, Wine oh, no. and Kugel Summer Shandy. We are back, baby. We are back until Labor Day. It's here. Summer Shandy freshies are coming. They are coming. Are you going to go buy some? Um, is a pig pork bitch? Of course <laughs> I am going to go buy some. I'm going to stock up. I'm ready to roll. It's Shandy season. We're here from Valentine's Day to Labor Day. Oh, boy. Get it. I won't endorse this move. Drinking those beers in February is wrong. But you know what? Jack keeps them open, so that's good. I'm glad we got someone on this podcast supporting a good, honest local business. Shout out to you, Line and Kugel. Casey, go ahead. Yeah, so my last call is to this last weekend, uh, um, this last Friday. I, uh, Alyssa and I went to the Coyotes-Bruins games, uh, a hockey oh, yeah. game here in Phoenix. And uh, we got it was sick. We got great seats, sat two rows up right on the glass. It was, it was pretty fucking fire. And I'm telling you, 
uh, I knew hockey players were fast and strong and, and physical uh, when you watch them on TV or when you're at an arena and you're up in the upper deck, they're fast, they're strong, they're physical and they're, they're big. Attractive. But holy shit, when you're that close to them, uh, this dude got checked right in front of us. That sound was wild. Like, I know you can, they, they try and put mics there so you can hear it on the TV. That doesn't do any fucking justice. It was insane. But my last call is really reserved for um, how impressive Bruins Nation or just in general, uh, Boston sports fans and Boston sports nation are. It was probably 80 to 85% Bruins fans at the Coyotes. <laughs> in, in Arizona. It's pretty in good. Arizona. It was awesome. Uh, and the people I was sitting next to, their season ticket holders, and he was like, yeah, really, it's the Red Wings, the Bruins, and the Blackhawks. When they come to town, those are the only games we sell out. And they're, hmm. every single one of them is always going to be predominantly the away fans. And I'm telling you, I sent some photos to Jack when we first showed up. It was like being almost outside the garden just <laughs> with palm trees. Dude, it was wild. It was, it was insane. It was awesome. Loved everything about it. Uh, the arena has got some good stuff around it. Uh, I mean, but from an arena standpoint, like nothing special, but yeah. let me tell you that atmosphere with the Boston fans, there was a penalty that was called and I recorded the game on our TV. And I remember being at, I went straight to this uh, instance because I remember being at this, the arena. You couldn't hear the referee call the penalty because it was against <laughs> the Bruins. The fans were booing so loud. And then you go to the uh, TV and they have an actual direct line to the referee, to the, the truck outside. So you can hear it. It was even hard to hear him on that. Like it was <laughs> impressive. It was really, really cool. But just a shout out to, to especially the Bruins nation. Cause it was, God, it was fucking fun. And the dude that was uh, one row down, one section over with his daughter. And he was yelling at me and I shout out to that guy. Fucking prick. Yelling, um, yelling you in a good way or a bad way? Bad way. He was a Coyotes oh. fan. He was talking Ugh. some mad trash. I was like, bro, your daughter's right there. In fact, there was an instance where Alyssa's yelling at me to stop going to give it back to him. Which <laughs> I wasn't using profanity, so I felt I was in my full right to, that, to give him good. a hard time. Should throw but something out? No, but what was so funny, dude, is the camera pans on him. And he's on the big screen. And he's like yelling and, at you. And during he's it. turned around yelling at me. And, <laughs> That's and his, good. That's funny. No, it gets better. His wife is sitting next to him. And she's oh, no. Like, the the cr cringe. That's so good. Alyssa's like hitting me, like pointing up at it. And I'm just laughing. And he's just like turned around because I was sitting behind him. And he's turned around just yelling at me. And I was just like, that is so awesome. Uh, and the Bruins won. So it was a good day. But anyway. Yeah, shout out. That that's. My I'm curious. Life. What what were you saying to uh, to get this guy's uh, goat here? Were you just like cheering on the Bruins, or were you just, like saying like just talking some trash? I was talking some trash. Um, eh, as you do. I mean, yeah, as you do. <laughs> it happens. Hey, look, you guys have the market. You Bostonians have the market corner for asshole sports fans. You just do. <laughs> all right, it's fair. I mean, shit. If you can't, if you can't give it. Don't. Or if you can't take it, don't give it. That's all oh, I got to say. Like, yeah, New England. Hell. I feel like New England is one of the last sports, like I don't know, fandoms you want to start talking shit to. That is like absolutely. A, that is a that's very kinda, that is a very bad call because like I like 
I'm like, if you're from if, if you're from New England, you're just like, sure, yell at me. I'm just gonna yell at you all Back. day. This is how yeah. I so like this is where I thrive. It depends Absolutely. too on the situation. Like there's there's certain times like that one where it's just kind of fun. It's just like, yeah, I'll shit talk to you. Then there are times where it's like after like a hard loss, God forbid a championship loss. <laughs> it's, shout not, out to it's, the dude it's not good at nature. Carolina, at Carolina Ale House. Fucking fucking beat that ass. Fan. <laughs> just like shouting trail of tears as ever all the Pats fans were leaving the bar. Yeah. That dude died that night. Uh, <laughs> he absolutely fucking died. Don't do that. Don't poke the bear. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, it was, but it was so funny because like what, what spurred it was uh, their, one of their players tried to drop gloves to fight oh, yeah. Charlie McAvoy, but Charlie didn't want to fight. He got caught off guard. He was, he was, there was, it was off a face off and the guy drops his stick in his gloves and goes at Charlie McAvoy and Charlie McAvoy is like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> Whoa. And it's just kind of like pushing him back and holding him back. And then the dude did get in a couple good licks and Charlie fell. And so the dude turned around and was like two hits and he went down two hits and he went down. And I was like, dude, your dude just gave us a power play. Like your dude's <laughs> a fucking idiot. Thank you. Because it's, it's not a fighting if he doesn't drop gloves. So all it is is <laughs> it's, just this guy, it's just this guy punching someone. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy got two <laughs> minutes for roughing. The other guy got four minutes for roughing and gave us a power play. It's like, dude, you're a fucking. Did idiot. they? Uh, did they score during the power play? They didn't. But ah, oh, that would have been good. That would have been. been oh, I was so ready, dude. I, <laughs> you're like, come on, please won. score. I've been matters. like two shots, and now you're down two goals. You fucking prick. But that <laughs> they didn't won happen. the game. But they, they won, won the, the game. game, and so and they won tonight. They That's won right. tonight. But after after that, like it was just all Bruins. Like the Coyotes couldn't even get it down to the deep their their offensive end, and so I was just in his ear the whole time after that. And Alyssa's like punching me, telling me to stop. And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cussing. I'm not yelling at the kids. I'm yelling at God, that guy. Right God there. bless you, Casey. I would have fucking sworn at that guy all night. Well, I was, I was. You know what? Running. I don't give a shit about your kid. If you're gonna no, yell at me, was, get ready to get fucking smoked. But it wasn't just his kid. Like I was, we had a bunch of kids around us, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be good. But and and one of the kids that was sitting next to me, that it's kid's honorable. a fucking G. He was a Coyotes fan, and every time there'd be a I, let's go Coyotes, he would stare at me, like right at me, and be like yelling at me across his dad's lap, "Let's go Coyotes!" Even though you couldn't hear what the rest of the arena is saying. Because it was let's go Bruins, but <laughs> that kid—if I ever find out who that kid is—he's a fucking G. Because that kid was a true fan, and, and soon, and no soon shit. you'll be yelling at him in a few years. Absolutely, and, and I hope he gives it right back to me. That's yeah, the that, that's mutual respect, right? Absolutely, a worthy respect. opponent. Yep, that's yeah. the difference between Boston fans and other fans. Other fans, when they get shit talked to them, they cower, hide in a hole. Boston mm. fans are like, give it to me. If you really want to be in the big leagues, let's go get on the train. Let's have a fight or I, not fight, but let's have a, I do. I, I do remember yelling down an old man. That was a Yankees fan at Yankee stadium. One Absolutely. Time. New York, New York, New York could not hang on the trash talk because they were getting smoked by the Red Sox. Well, they're easy to pick on because they're not real fans. They just wear their logo because they're popular and they yeah. think they won a lot of titles. They don't they're know all, they're about all that team. Yeah, they're all Cowboys fans and Lakers fans and, Notre Dame and yeah, yeah, Notre Dame, Alabama, exactly. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, welcome yeah. to Los Angeles. That's why you go to the the Clippers games to watch the uh visiting team. 
Yeah, shout out to the Rams fans that really showed up for that game. Oh my, yeah, home yeah. team do a you know silent what? count in their own stadium. Holy, I, shit. that that was that was not really that embarrassing when you think about the greedy ass billionaire who wanted to leave St. Louis where he had fans, but a shitty stadium to go to Los Angeles where he you had mean no Stan Franke. Yeah, same same boat as AJ or the Spanos family for the Chargers. Fuck them both, and now the city of San Diego is suing them for leaving. I don't care if they win Got or him. lose. I just want them to hurt. <laughs> I don't think that's going to hurt them at all. Some people yeah. just want to watch the world I burn. I know. <laughs> well, it's quite like, Jack, and they live Jack, in San Jack, Diego. Jack, Jack, it's called spite. It's what this podcast is founded on. That's yes, right. It's a, it's Some a, might it's, call it pettiness, and I'm for it. It's a, the, oh, clean, yeah. the, the, the cleanest burning fuel out there. I, I spent my time living in New England, Jack. I got my indoctrination. Ooh, baby. People want to hear some ideas on how to be petty. Call me. I got it. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we had some New England infighting. I went to a minor league hockey game this weekend, which is not as exciting as Casey's game, but we had a we had a Rhode Island fan, the, the row in front of us, that was talking a lot of trash about Connecticut, and that's just kind of, you know, I've given my opinion on Rhode Island in the past. It's just kind of like having a, it's like having a homeless. Only imagine how that one went. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like if you come out of your house, there's a homeless man heckling you from the street. It's like, okay, dude, go back and live in your cardboard fucking box, you idiot. Like it's like Rhode Island, Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island is gonna talk trash to me. My God, no, you had place. you had you had nine beers that night. How did that conversation? Yeah, how did that, that go, Kevin? Like, don't exaggerate. I had seven beers. Oh, no, 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 no. You were counting your you were counting your way to nine. You okay, you Matt was updating us all via text. No the nine the four. nine was at a was at a, it was nine. at a future bar. Okay. So during the course of this interaction yeah, the, with the gentleman from Rhode Island, how many beers did you have? Um I think yeah, a I'm number, think. A number. I had, right? I had number, four yeah. four four twelve ounce beers and two twenty ounce beers, I think is what I had. <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> you can do the math if you want, but Jesus. so how and I and I and to be fair for all those beers, I think I spent fourteen dollars. So what am I gonna oh, do? No, no, no. not drink I'm it? Not, I, I don't that's not what I'm getting at. So I interra- my question for you though is is, is yeah, how I was not driving audience, if that uh, helps. It, oh, of course. So. Matt, Matt is a responsible drinker. He really is. I, I was down with two accidents. He didn't ask the Vermont Highway Patrol. But <laughs> Matt, so after you had all these beers, how did the uh, the interaction with the meth head from Rhode Island go? Uh, it never got that bad, to be frank. I just I just started kind of ripping into the guy at one point. And he kind of stopped talking to us because I think maybe he saw it was going in a bad direction and took the wise choice of stop talking to this increasingly drunk fat guy behind me. Turns out he was the he was the governor of Rhode Island, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we we smoked him in overtime. So Rhode Island, you're cordially invited to suck it like normal. Although, to be fair. <laughs> They, they are they are the uh, farm team or the team that I actually yeah support. they are they are but I'm going to support the Connecticut team I'm from Connecticut I'm, I'm not going to support Rhode Island I'm with you but, uh, yeah. sports, like, it doesn't matter it yeah doesn't but matter. I obviously just, like the Bruins over the Rangers yeah. so Ugh, gross New York teams okay well that was an extremely long tangent I'm going to cut this one short even though that was entertaining yeah we'll um, cut that one no I'm not cutting no actually yes. Kevin's editing yes you are no, <laughs> Kevin you do not have my permission to cut any of this okay anyways. Um, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm actually I'm just going to skip my fucking last call. I was the only thing I was going to talk about was that I'm 19 beers away from my 5000 beers. And I'm wondering if it's either this weekend or next week. And I promise you, I'm going to hit that that 5000 and I will update the group. Don't you worry. What a what a what a year it's been. Anyways, that will conclude episode 61 of the Counterpints podcast. Again, go check us out on social media. C-O-U-N-T-E-R-P-I-N-T-S. Go check out our store in Redbubble. Buy some shit, support the podcast. 
We love you all. If you got this far, you're true blue. Um, And until the next one, which will be coming soon, as they always do, you stay frosty out there, my friends. Job, are you poor? Are you broken?